Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Precious God, we thank and exhort you this morning. We magnify your name. We come before you, God. And the spirit of submissiveness, the Lord God of glory, you grant us insight into your world, revelation, into the truth that you ordained to reveal to us at this hour. And we pray, God, that that which we are receiving will continue to bring light on our paths, that we will continue to move into the direction you've ordained. For you've spoken in your world that the path of the righteous is like a shining light that shining brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. We believe, Lord, that your word will cause us to walk into this dimension, that our life will continue to reveal more of your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to continue with our subject on the new creation. And this is going to be part number five, the new creation. Hallelujah. And uh, our main text is still Psalm 102. Verse 16, Psalm 102, verse 16. And here the Bible says, When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Verse 17 says, He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayers. And this is also very crucial. I keep on reminding you. That God has intention, God determined to always answer your prayers as you offer them unto Him. And that is part of what it does in building up the man Zion. Verse 18 says, These shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. And that is what we're dealing with, letting us know that when the Bible spoke about people that shall be created shall praise the Lord. He's talking about the church. He's talking about you and I. And he's saying, bringing us to the place of glory and exaltation and magnification. He's bringing us to the place where our life becomes a praise and honor unto him on the face of the earth. Amen? The people that shall be created shall do what? Shall praise the Lord. And I, I remind you that this also speaks about the Gentiles who will be coming into the faith to join the Jewish people. And I'll be trying to explain this to you, that every covenant God entered with Israel, and the benefit of that covenant, because you're now in the new season of that which is talking about the people that shall be created, every benefit of that covenant you have. And one of the major reasons, like we find out last week, is because you are a child of Abraham by faith. Amen? You are a child of Abraham by faith. So every covenant he entered with, together with his people, at that time, you are in position to benefit from our covenant. Now, let me read something here before we move on. So, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 again. Let's look at 17 and 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 17 and 18. Hallelujah. I want you to get this. Bible says, And thou shalt say in the heart, My power and my might. Okay, go back to verse 16 so that we can follow. Now, who fed in the wilderness with manna, which their fathers knew not? That he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. 
Now the next verse says, And thou shalt say in the heart, My power, and all the might of my hand, hath gotten me in this word. You go down to verse 17, now the next verse. And it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth the power to get words. That, this is what I'm looking for, he might establish his covenant which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. God made covenant with the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's saying, because you are a child of Abraham, you qualified to receive that which you promised your fathers. And that means he wants to establish the covenant that he made with your fathers. Don't forget, by faith, Galatians 3, the Bible made us to understand we are the children of Abraham by faith. Is that okay? Right. So everything God promised Abraham, he wants to establish. There's a place for promise, there's a place for covenant, there's a place for establishment. Now, he prayed, made a covenant to the fathers and he's establishing the covenant with the children. And you are one of such people that God has determined at the time and season to establish his covenant with. Can I hear an amen? That's what they call the new creation. So again, we go to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. And it simply says, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That's the key point. And the people that shall be created... They shall praise the Lord. So, the Lord foresaw you in Christ and made that declaration in the book of Psalm 102. He was seeing you. He was seeing the new glory that is going to come forth. God wants to glorify you. God wants to exalt you. God wants to magnify you. The new creation, like I keep saying, is not just a language. It's not just some precept. It has to do with reality of who you are in Christ. With God ordained before the foundation of the world. Praise the living God. Alright. Again, we look at Romans chapter 9, verse 3 and 4. This is what it says concerning Israel. And the Bible says, For I could wish that myself were caused from Christ, from my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Now verse 4 says, Who are Israelites? We've dealt with that. To whom pertaineth the adoption? We've dealt with that as well. And the glory. We have also dealt with that, and the covenant, we've also dealt with that. In the Bible talks, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. The giving of the law, that's what I want to deal with now. Hallelujah. Now, here the scripture is saying, God has the special things that, I mean, dealing with Israel because they were special to him as special people. And then he made a covenant with them. And that covenant keeps fulfilling. But again, I want you to understand, like I'm saying, the covenant that God made with Abraham, it's not just the covenant that Moses had with God. At the time of Moses, he gave the Lord, he gave the precept, he gave the commandment, if you will. But the covenant that God made with Abraham was actually speaking about you. I made it to understand the cause of this story that Abraham was not a Jew. Judaism was not practiced by Abraham. You got to understand that. Abraham was a Hebrew. 
It was one of the grandsons called Judah. We have to do with the children of Jacob that the Jewish people came out from. So Abraham was not a Jew. He was a Hebrew. Is that okay? Therefore, Abraham never practiced the religion of Judaism. You need to understand that. Now the covenant he made was to talk about the generation to come. So it takes you, it's like you jump about to go over there to meet with him. The glory of all that he has promised, of God, that promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he intends that you become a particular of that. Hallelujah. And one of those things is the laws which he gave to them. So we take a look at that. The laws of God are actually the revelation of God by himself. Containing a system of moral and political precepts. This was also peculiar to the Jews. For to no other nation had he ever given a revelation of his will. The laws of God were the revelation of his will. You got to understand that. They were the precepts that were to guide the people politically. The system of life they were supposed to live. And you need to understand that, that the Bible that you are handling today is God's will for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright, so I want you to know this because it's very important. Again it says, the laws actually were the revelation of God by God himself. When he was given the law, it had to do with who he is, his character, his nature. That's exactly what it is. His mind for his people, the way he intends his people to walk. For instance, when he begins to say, be ye holy because your father in heaven is holy. That tells you because he's a holy man, he wants you to be holy. It was his nature that was revealing to people through the laws. So again, if you look at the Bible, you find out. It is God's nature that will be revealed to you. Yesterday I was somewhere and somebody was preaching. And he was referring to Joshua. When he said, come on, we have that. You see, people tell you, well, I'll say before you life and death, choose life that you may live. Well, you must understand something, that that scripture was not basically meant for you. Why? Because you can't obey what you have not been given. God was telling Moses, or Moses was telling Joshua, Joshua was telling the people, God has given these laws. You have seen them, you have read them, you understood them. If you choose to keep with the laws, you will be successful. If you abandon the law, everything the law says will happen to you. Choose life. He was speaking to the people that were given the laws. So if I may use that scripture for you today, it has to do with what you are receiving now, not what was given to Israel. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You can't make a choice except you are presented with something. Am I right? You can't tell somebody to choose except you place two things before him. You give him something. So, until the laws are given to you, you have no choice. You definitely have no choice. Amen. Praise the living God. That's why I keep telling people. The man in the street cannot make a choice. Because he's dead in sin and trespasses. He can't make a choice. In fact, before the Lord called you, you were dead. And death people can't respond to a stimuli. You can't understand God's mind. The natural man cannot understand the things of God. Neither can he know them. That's what the scripture says. Praise the living God. So God gave the law to you when he called you to himself. He gave you his word, his written word, that you begin to understand his mind, his will. And when you live by what he gives to you, success is guaranteed for you. Praise the Lord. 
Okay. Go with me to Psalm 147, verse 19. Psalm 147, verse 19. And this is what it says. He showed his word unto Jacob, that is Israel now. He statutes and his judgment unto Israel, children of Israel as well. And I want you to get that because it's dealing with the fourth thing that we are just reading, the laws. He showed his word unto Jacob. That is to say, to no other nation on the earth did God give his personal revelation of God unto. Except Israel, no nation had that privilege. To know who God was or who God is. But he revealed himself to Israel, revealed his will to Israel, to no other nation was this made possible. Every other nation was working outside of the will of God, outside of the mind of God, outside of the thoughts of God, because it was not revealed to them. Don't forget, God chose Israel and called them a peculiar people unto him. Praise the living God. So he gave the laws unto Israel, he gave the will unto Israel. No other nation has it. Go with me to Deuteronomy 26 and verse 18. Deuteronomy 26, verse number 18. And this is what the Bible says. And the Lord has abased thee this day to be his peculiar people, as he has promised thee, and that thou shalt keep all his commandments. Verse 19, and to make thee high above, you watch this, all nations which he has made in praise, in name, and in honor, and that thou may be an holy people unto the Lord thy God, as he has spoken. Now I want you to see the privileges that Israel had. Here he said, made you high above all nations. Which he had made in praise and in name and in honor. So, one of the things that you begin to enjoy when you truly come to the Lord as a new creature is that God is raising you above all nations. So, can't we say above nations? But I'm an individual, I'm not a nation. You may not understand. You are a nation within a nation. Now, listen to this. When Rebecca has the pregnancy, the world said there are two nations in her womb. How many of you remember that? You remember that? There were two nations in her womb. So you are a nation in a nation. You have to understand that. You, you, it is out of you that nations come forth. God said he wants to make you a praise on the earth. So a new creation man is a man that comes to the place of being a praise unto God. By reason of the fact that God is revealing His will. Now, this is also very critical. When you become a new creature, you've been called by God, you've come to God, the will of God are meant to be revealed to you. One of the things that separates you from all the other people is that you know the will of God, you know the mind of God, you know the intents of God. Now, get this right. When Jesus was teaching them to pray, He said, When you pray, say what? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done. Hallelujah. So you ask for the will of God and it's revealed to you. But critically what I'm saying is the Father he makes you a new creature to himself. One of the priorities and prerogative of his is to reveal his will unto you. So you can't walk without knowing the will of God as a new creature. 
The mind of God is made known unto you as a new creature. That's why scripture said, let his mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You have the mind of Christ because you are a new creature. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 4. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you this day. Behold, I have taught you, Moses is speaking, I have taught you statutes and judgment, even as the Lord my God commanded me that ye should do so in the land without the God to possess it. Verse 6. Keep therefore and do, do them, for this is your wisdom and understanding in the sight of the nations. This is your wisdom and what? Understanding in the sight of all the nations. By implication, God intends you as a new creature to be a revelation of wisdom in the midst of people. Wherever you find yourself, there is this peculiarity of wisdom that manifests from you because you are a new creature. Hallelujah. So if you see walking, now you must understand, the wisdom is coming from the precept and the commandment. Meaning, the wisdom that God intended to live by is factored in the word of God. So if you don't read or study the word, if you don't meditate on the word, you're likely to have the wisdom to navigate life. New creature people don't walk by what they see. They don't walk by what they hear. They walk by the revelation of the wisdom that God has given unto them. These texts are going to be your wisdom and your understanding among the nations. So what makes them unique and peculiar? Well, because they have this wisdom that other nations doesn't have. They have this understanding that other people never had. Praise the living God. Are you following me? Amen. So, he's telling that you better pay close attention to this thing that I'm telling you. Because this is going to be a wisdom among the nations. The word of God. The life of God. Revealed in his word. Is the wisdom of God. Is the revelation of God. That he wants you to live by. Praise the living God. As compared to other people. Bible says, which I hear all these statutes and say, surely, this great nation is a wise and understanding people. That's the key point. As you walk in this, other people will begin to say, what a nation, what a people that have wisdom and what? Understanding. It comes from the word of God. I made us understand a few days ago here. I believe in prayer. And you know in this house that I believe in prayer. But prayer without the word cannot affect full deliverance. How do I mean? You see, Jesus was already on a fast, which is prayer, for 40 days and 40 nights. When the devil came, you didn't see Jesus use prayer to hit the devil. What did he use to hit the devil? The word. So, you see, you have to balance your prayer with the word of God. When the tempter came, he simply said, it is written. And that was all he needed to defeat the devil. 
Even though he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. In the midst of the fast, temptation still came. Now how did he overcome? Through the word. How he expected to overcome? Through the word. If you don't study the word, in times of trouble and tribulation and temptation, you won't be able to overcome. Praise the living God. In fact, the scripture says, if we pray according to his will, what does he do? He heareth us. The where is the will? The word. This is going to be your wisdom and understanding among the nations. Praise the living God. Verse 7 says, For what nation is there so great who have got so nigh unto them? As the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. Which nation has God so close to them? As a new creation, you need to understand this. That God is by you, with you, and in you at all times. If you understand that God is so close to you, it will despise the fears that are in your life. He promised I will never forsake you. I'm with you always to the end of the age. He spoke that to the disciples. Same thing to you. God will never abandon you. God will never forsake you. God will never reject you. In fact, he picked the rejected and the despised of society. Praise the living God. So you must understand this fact that God is so close to you. It's not far off somewhere that you always struggle to get him down. Amen. Verse 8, he says, I want to tell you, they are so great, that how this statute and judgment so righteous, as all this law, which I said before you this day. Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which time the eyes have seen, and lest thou depart from the heart, I mean from the heart, all the days of thy life. But teach them to thy sons, and to thy sons' sons. And I'm going to make you see something here about the life of Timothy. Teach this word to thy son and to thy son's son. That means teach them to your grandchildren. Let what you receive that is working for you work not only for your children, but also what? Your grandchildren. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? You see, God is raising a people within a people. He's raising a community within that which is called the macro community. That's why I call you a holy nation and a royal priesthood. Praise the living God. So God readiness to hear and help all those who are his is one of the major privileges of a new preacher. By implication, God will always hear you. It's not far. It's near because he has called you to himself. And he's giving you his laws, his statutes, his judgment, his precepts, which has to do with the scriptures that you read. The second thing you find out the excellence of that religion, which we call Christianity, in which they were instructed, set forth these statutes and judgment, which are righteous, which is the law that God gave to them. The laws and the ministry that God gave to people, as far as the world is concerned, they were righteous. Paul even said the thing. That the law is righteous, but I'm sold into sin. Hallelujah. Amen. And this they will keep 
For this is your wisdom. That's very important. There was no mold of worship, no type of worship at that time on the face of the earth that was not wicked and offense and, you know, foolish and ridiculous. No religion before God picked Israel and brought them to a place of perfect worship. What we're saying is this. Before God called you, you were in the midst of people that worship idols and you know what happens? Time passed, you see people sacrifice to idols, sacrifice to shrine, all of those lonesome stuff, they were all called religion. Animals, I mean, think about it. But God came and gave you something very unique, completely different from what your forefathers were doing, what your fathers were doing, what your tribes were doing. You become a peculiar people, a unique set of people, because he gave you laws that those people never had. Which has to do with the revelation of his will. The revelation of his mind. As high intent people to worship and to serve him. Praise the living God. Every part of this worship, like we're saying, is taken in connection and reference, may be truly called a wise and reasonable service. Think about that. So there is a service that's reasonable. Give me Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. Very quickly. Romans 12. I beseech you therefore, my brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. That means there are some services that are foolish. No reason in them. No wisdom in them. The presentation of yourself, the, how you present yourself, your faculty, your mind to God, is your reasonable service. Amen? Now, all of this were not in place when God gave the laws unto Israel. That's why I made it a unique and a peculiar community among other people. Why? Because they have the mind of God, the will of God, that people never had. They worship in idols, doing whatever thing they were doing. But only Israel could worship the true God. Because he gave them laws and he called them to themselves. And he called them peculiar and a unique people. People that are precious to him. Praise the living God. So we shall add the nation, surely. This great nation is the wise and understanding people that almost all nations of the earth show that they have formed this opinion by the Jews by borrowing from them the principal part of their civil code. If you watch critically, a lot of other nations begin to borrow from part of those things that Israel had that they never had. Take away what Asia and Europe, whether ancient and modern, have borrowed from the Mosaic laws. And you leave little behind that can be called excellence. Check out. If you take time to study, you'll be able to discover that most of these nations, they actually incorporated part of the principles of the Lord of Moses, even in their constitutions. Like all those Asian countries, take away those things there. You can find excellence in anything they are doing. That's what the scripture says. The people will see it to be a wise and understanding nation. As long as you keep them. The same thing happens to you. If you only you can keep the word of God. If only you can stay with what God's revealing to you. There's a manifestation of wisdom that you're going to be showing to the people that you're living by. God is intending that his sons reveal his mind and will. God is intending that the new creation, the people that shall be created, shall be full of good works. To do those things which are right in his sight. 
Pastor will ask him a question a few days ago. What is a good work? You have to understand this. For instance, no matter what you do, a lot of people say, well, I don't kill, I don't carry women, I don't smoke, you know, then I give to charity and all that. Get this right. The tree that Adam and Dave ate has good and evil. Is that okay? But it's still the same tree. But it has good in it, it has evil in it. So you have the propensity to do an aspect of that same tree. That does not make you acceptable to God. I don't think I'm getting this. No matter what good you do, as long as you don't have Christ, it's no good works. It is still from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So don't pride yourself. Let no man pride in yourself. Well, I don't do those things. I'm better than Christians. You know, have you heard such statement before? You hear people say, I'm better than a believer. I'm better. I don't do all of those things Christians do. No. As long as you don't have Christ in your life, you're only manifesting the knowledge of good and evil. But God intended us by the time we received the word, we have to do with the life of God. The foundation of anything we do is based on the scriptures. It's based on the leading of the Spirit of God. And so we are accepted and acceptable before Him. Praise the living God. Now let me show you this. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15. I talked about the scripture. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15. The Bible says, And that from a child I have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. He's talking to Timothy now. Paul is speaking to Timothy. You are a wise man. How old was Timothy then? He was a young man. But he's saying you are a wise person. The scriptures have made you wise among God's people. Where were the scriptures then? The holy scripture where to deal with the Jewish writings. Timothy have been better himself, remember. It has to do with the faith. I was in Lois and then the mother, the grandmother. He has been better himself in the scripture. So Timothy was a wise man among his colleagues. So what separates you from other people is the wisdom you garnish from the world. This one makes you a new creature. Are you still there with me? Praise the living God. I was reading an article a few days ago by one prophet who used to prophesy, give people personal prophecy and all of those things. Until one night God asked him to stop all of those things that he's doing. That is raising babies and no sons. Because when every time the only word you can ever hear from God is what a prophet gives to you, you are a baby before God. No maturity. It means you can't stand on your own if no promise is given to you. Here is Timothy, Paul saying you are a wise person because you have the scriptures. You know, we already make reference to Solomon to be the wisest person on the earth. How many of you remember that? Why one of the wisest kings? What made Solomon wise? Go study Exodus 20, I mean, yeah, Exodus 20 and 22, from 20 to 22, when God was giving all the laws unto Israel. 
One of the laws he gave to them was so simple. If you lost a thing and you're responsible, maybe an animal, you take the live one, share into two, so that you don't mind that you, you know, you cannot be injured, we have a part, we have a part. And so when two women were sleeping together and then one of the children, one of the children among the two died, and they came to Solomon, they were dragging the live one. And Solomon said, okay, get me a matchbox, bring the child. Let me slide the child into two. Both of you take half each. And the mother of the child said, no. Let the child live because when he grows up, you're going to find who the mother really is. And someone said, you're truly the child. Now, tell me where he got that wisdom from. Exodus 22. Are you following what I'm talking about? So, Solomon was simply applying the scriptures. Here we see Timothy applying the scriptures to his life. Your wisdom amongst people is based on the scriptures. As new creation, you should be able to reveal the wisdom of God as found in scriptures and not compared to other people that they're walking around with. How much of the scriptures do you know? How much time do you spend studying the scriptures? Think about it. Hallelujah. Don't forget what I said. When the devil said, do this, Jesus would say, it is written. He was using the scripture in combating. And that is what you use to combat the devil. Anytime, anywhere. Hallelujah. Look at verse 16. Of the second Timothy that we're dealing with. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction in what? Righteousness. For correction, for reproof. In other words, you can study the scripture and you can get convicted of what you're doing that is wrong. You don't always think that somebody has to use the scripture on you for reproof and correction. You can read the scripture and get corrected if you're walking out of the way. Are you there with me? So your wisdom among the nations is based on the scriptures. Verse 17 says, That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now I say this again. Who is the man of God? When we always think the man of God is the one that carries the Bible, the man of God is like me preaching to you. So who are you? Now, if the scripture is given for the man of God, then means you who claim not to be the man of God don't have need of the scriptures. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Because the scripture is melancholy. That the man of God may be perfect, all punished unto good works. So if the scripture is given to the man of God, and you feel you are not the man of God, that means you don't need it. So here is the answer. Man of God is not necessarily the man that carries the Bible. There are only two men in the world. Man of God, man of sin. Did you get that? The man of God is everyone that is in Christ. The man of sin is everyone that has been controlled by the devil. There are only two men in the world. Adam and Eve, I mean, Adam and Jesus. That's all. If you are in Christ, I mean, if you are in Christ, you are a man of God. If you are in Adam, you are a man of sin. Period. You don't have anything more. And so the scripture is given to the man of God. Who is the man of God? The believer. Not just the man that carries the Bible. Not just the man that preaches in the streets. No. 
The man of God, the everyone that can handle the Bible and believe in Christ is the man of God. Are you there with me? Because if you think the man of God is the only one that carries the Bible and preach to you every Sunday, preach on television, then you, sitting on the pew, you are not the man of God, then you're making a big blunder of what the scripture means. Because it simply means that you are not supposed to carry the scripture because it is meant for the man of God. You follow me? But Timothy was already carrying the scripture, he was already wise, so he was a man of God, even before he was called fully into ministry. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? You see, this is where so many of you, you lose out on what God actually is intended to do with your life. You feel you are not a man of God. Therefore, the preacher is a man of God. In that sense, you don't need the scripture. And then you see the preacher says, Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. You even see people commenting on Facebook and writing. If anything happens to a man of God, or I mean a preacher, and they say, oh, come on. Bible says, touch my not and do my prophet no harm. But guess what? That statement was not meant for one man of God who is preaching the Bible. That scripture was a reference to God rebuking all nations that were trying to contend with Israel. Right from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Israel as the community. They were the anointed of God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, touch not my anointed, talking about you as a people. Not just one man, not just one preacher. Wrong interpretation. Everyone who is a man of God is an anointed of God. Praise the living God. Are you following me? This is what makes you a new creature on the face of the earth. God separated you unto himself. He gave you his will. He gave you his mind. Now you are wise unto salvation in Christ. Amongst the rest of the people. So to God, you are a man of God. To God, you are the anointed one of God. It's not meant for one person. It's meant for the corporate body of Israel. Praise the living God. Is it making sense to you? Here we are finding that Timothy learned doctrine of Christianity from a genuine apostle that Paul himself. As Christianity is founded on the law and the prophet. And that is important. Christianity is founded on the law and the prophet and the Psalms. Remember the three men on the road to Emmaus. How Jesus began to expand to them from the prophet, from the law, and from the Psalms about who he is. Is that okay? The prophet Psalm wrote about him. I mean, Isaiah, the psalmist wrote about him. Psalm 22, it's all about Christ. Think about that. Isaiah 53, it's all about Christ. Think about that. Hallelujah. And so Jesus began to expound to them. So the understanding of what we're standing on today is directly connected to what was written in the law and the prophet and the Psalms. We have always had this statement that we are under grace, we are under New Testament, we have nothing to do with the law of Moses. Thank you. And again, I say thank you for that understanding. But if that be the case, then, you can apply Ephesians 6 to your children or to yourself. What did I say? Obey your mother and your father that it might be well with you, that your days might be long on the earth. He said, this is the commandment, the first commandment with a promise. 
Who was that given to? Moses. So what are you talking to me about? Thou shalt not kill was given to Moses. Thou shalt not worship other God was given to Moses. So what exactly are you telling me about that we have nothing to do with that which you call Old Testament? The Bible says all scriptures, not some. All scriptures, old and new, they are given for the perfection of that man of righteousness, which is the man of God. All scriptures were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Is anybody getting this? Praise the living God. I told us when we were studying along the line also that the big mistake people are making is on the fact that I have nothing to do with the Lord of Moses. It's a big mistake. Hallelujah. Because you can't find yourself as a Christian without facing the law. See, Jesus fulfilled the law. What law did he fulfill? He fulfilled those laws of sacrificial laws, of offering, offering, sacrifice every year for the cleansing of your sins. He did it once and for all. But as far as obedience to the word of God is concerned, Jesus' obedience did not cover your obedience. You're telling lies. The Bible says, learn obedience even to the death of the cross. But that did not cover your own obedience. He took your sins, yes. His death covered your sins, yes. But his death did not cover your obedience. Husband, love your wife. It's something that needs to be obeyed. Jesus is not going to obey that for you. Am I correct? Wife, submit to your husband. It's a law. If you don't know. Christ did not obey God so that you don't submit to your husband. No, it's a lie. Masters, Colossians 2 or 3. Serve as though you're serving Christ. I mean, slaves. Serve your masters. That is a law. Jesus did not obey so that slaves will not serve their masters. So when you begin to say, well, I'm a new creature. I believe in, 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 I mean, I believe in grace. I believe in this. And you don't have anything to do with the word of God. Because that is law of Moses. You are deceiving yourself. Praise the living God. Timothy was able to compare... His doctrine with all that have been typified and predicted, our causing question was assured that the Christian religion was true. What am I saying? Because he had foundation in the scriptures, when he was told about Christ, he could make comparison, he could find truth and believe. Why? Because he already read the scriptures that prophesied about who? About Jesus Christ. There is no way you're going to talk about coming to Christ, believing in Christ, without you first having a foundation of that which is written about Him. Hallelujah. And He said, He's able to make the wise unto salvation, the Scriptures. That is, the Apostle is here, evidently speaking of the Jewish Scriptures, and He tells us that they're able to make us wise unto salvation, provided we have faith in Christ Jesus. The scripture is able to make you wise unto salvation. That means in your study and diligent understanding of the Old Testament, you'll be able to find Christ. Is the ultimate. Hallelujah. 
Go with me to 1 Corinthians 1, verse number 30. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us what? Wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and what? Redemption. Who of God he made our wisdom, of being the author of that which we declare, the wisdom of God, which I excel the wisdom of the philosophers and the scribes and even that legal constitution, which is called wisdom in the Jewish order. You remember in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 6, they shall be your wisdom and understanding. Then get to John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the world, and the world was God, and the world was God. So you find that everything that is right there in the Old Testament find their expression in who? In Christ. Now when you receive Christ, you receive the fullness of wisdom, which is everything that has to do with the scripture, begin to be manifested in your life. That is where your desire to read the world becomes greater. The more you study the world, the more you build up the Christ that resident within your spirit. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. I would like us to look at this Colossians 1 verse 18 from the message translation, if you can get it. Colossians 1, four, sorry, 1 Corinthians 1 18. 1 Corinthians 1 18. Message translation. 1 Corinthians 1 chapter, verse 18. Message translation. The message translation. It says, The message that points to Christ on the cross seems like shared feelings to those hell-bent on destruction. But for those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense. This is the way God works, and most powerfully as it turns out. Verse 19. It's written, I will turn conventional wisdom on his head. That's I'm going to turn it upside down. I will expose so-called experts and cut pots. I will expose them. I will make them see that the wisdom they carry is foolishness. So true wisdom is found in the word of God is found in Christ. Verse 20 says, So when can you find someone truly wise, truly educated, truly intelligent, in this day and age, housing God exposed all of pretentious nonsense? And that's the truth. Yesterday I was just jokingly speaking with my wife. We have the COVID-19 that is a threat to the whole nation. And it came from China. And yet China is supposed to be almost all producing markets. They come from where? From China. Why have they not been able to find solutions to the problem? Are you sitting with me? And jokingly she said... No, somebody else was making that statement and said, This COVID 19 D is not going to last because China products don't last. As long as it came from China, it's fake. <laughs> that is not that tells you that there's wisdom in God that natural man cannot have. No matter how scientifically advanced they are, COVID is killing them up there. They can't find a solution to it. Huh? Amen. 
Verse 21 says, Since the world in all its fanciful wisdom never had a clue when it comes to knowing God, God in his wisdom took delight in using what the world considered dumb, preaching of all things to bring those who trust him into the way of salvation. Hallelujah. Verse 22 says, Why did you come up for miraculous demonstrations and Greek go in for philosophical wisdom? We go right on proclaiming Christ, the crucified. Jews treat him, I mean, Jews treat this like an anti-miracle and Greek party off as absurd. Praise the Lord. But to us who are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom all wrapped up in one. Hallelujah. It's the ultimate miracle. Anything you're looking for. If it's in your life, it's your fault. Wisdom is revealed. Miracle is revealed. As you walk the street, you are an embodiment of that which is called miracle and wisdom. Why? Because you have the ultimate man right on your inside. Amen? Verse 22 says, Human wisdom is so tiny. So tiny. So important. Next to seemingly absurdity of God. Human strength can't begin to compete with God's weakness. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got, when God called, when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential, not many from high society families. No. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses verse 28 choose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies that makes it quite clear that none of you can do what get by with blowing your own horn before God everything that we have right thinking right living a clean slate and a fresh start come from God by way of Jesus Christ hallelujah that is why we have the saying, if you are going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Hallelujah. If you are going to blow a horn, if you are going to be proud of anything, be proud of Christ. He is the embodiment of wisdom, he is the embodiment of miracles. Everything you need in life is found in Christ. Praise the living God. Is anybody understanding me? This is the position of the new creation. Ability to reveal that which has not been seen. Ability to make people know that there is a choice God has made. And that choice is finding who? In Christ. And that Christ is in you. So let's find up with Colossians 2 verse 2. Colossians 2 verse 2. Hallelujah. Let's also take it from the message translation. I want you woven in a tapestry of love. In touch with everything there is to know of God. Now I want you to get this. It's the ultimate in terms of whatever is called the law. Love. If you can love your brother. If you can love your neighbor. If you can show love to your family. You have not seen Christ. You see, scripture says, God is love. Love is not an adjective. 
that qualifies Christ. God is love. Love is God. Are you there with me? Good. And he said, I want you woven together into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have mind, confidence, hallelujah, at rest, focus on who? On Christ. Praise the Lord. What was it, Christ? God's great mystery. That's the mystery of God is finding who? In Christ. If you want to know who God is, you study Christ. And I told us here a few days ago, while it's so important that you have to look for Christ, this is the point. Again, in John 12, you know the story, you go back and read it. Philip came and was telling Jesus, in fact, told Andrew, and he went to Jesus and said, the Greeks want to see you. And instead of him coming out to say, okay, you just tell them to wait on for a while, I'm coming. He told them, if a corn of wheat abide, it remains alone. But if it falls to the ground and dry, it brings forth what? Much fruit. What do you think he was saying? He said, because I'm still alive. That's why you're asking people to come look for me. But now I'm about to go to the cross and die. And when I die, I'm going to multiply myself into each and every one of you. That whoever is looking for Christ, show him yourself. Are you there with me? Paul said this, Be an imitator of me, as I'm also an imitator of who? Of Christ. So Paul was trying to say, If you can study my life, you can find Christ. Therefore, in the true sense, if somebody wants to look for Christ, if you see your life, you can find Christ. And if you find Christ, you find God. Hallelujah. Number three, in this reading, Colossians 2. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge, hallelujah, are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. What's the mystery? Christ. And we've been shown the mystery. Number four says, I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off on some white goose chase after so-called what? Mysteries or secrets. Praise the living God. I don't want you to think of something else. I don't want you to get out of the reality. When it comes to wisdom, it's finding Christ. When it comes to understanding, it's finding Christ. When it comes to knowledge, it's finding Christ. Anything you're doing in life, if you can have the Christ from the world, you can excel. Praise the living God. So I'm warning you, I'm saying this to you, so I'm not to go away. How many of you understand? Hebrews 10, Jesus speaking says, I come to do thy will, O Lord. Therefore, the will he did is that which is revealed to you. And again I say this. The Bible is the will of God. Because the word testament actually means will. Is that okay? And except the testator dies, the will cannot become if I'm coming to effect. And any time a father writes a will, all the children have a portion. 
Now you see, we have people who, who keep on saying it. Jesus is the geographer. Jesus is the medical expert. Jesus is the... Have you seen all of those things? And he's just the advocate. What do you think he's talking about? An advocate is a lawyer that stands at the call to interpret the will so that an heir to the throne may have his place. So now, God has to die in Christ, if you will, so that he now comes around to interpret the will of God, which is the Bible. So when you study the Bible, you find God's will for your life. You don't study the Bible and be seeing demons and be seeing crocodiles and be seeing witches and wizards. You, you don't do that. That's why you are not excelling. You study the word and find your place. When the Bible said, John was preaching and the, who are you? I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight paths for him that is to come. What was that? That was what Isaiah prophesied. Now he said, I came to fulfill that prophecy. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 4, when the Bible was handed over to Jesus, he opened to the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Is that okay? Because he has anointed me. That is from Isaiah. John finds his position in Scripture. Jesus finds his position in Scripture. Where do you find your position? It should be in the Scriptures. There is something written about you. And I tell people this. You see, this is where we have the problem. James tells us that the word of God, which is the perfect word of liberty, is like a mirror. Am I correct? Now I said this time to me go. If this were to be a mirror, and I'm looking at the mirror like this, I will see myself. Am I right? I don't see my husband, I don't see my children, I see myself. Now if the mirror is to correct me, the way I dress is not right. I'm going to adjust. Like the sister, the way you paint is not correct. The mirror tells you. You don't see your sister, you see yourself. All your makeup, if they're not in place, the mirror tells you. Am I right? Now, why do you read the Bible and be seen Antichrist? Why do you read the Bible? The truth is, you are the real Antichrist. You should read and see yourself. You don't see people. Praise the living God. Because it reveals who you are to you. You should be able to read the Bible and find your place. Praise the living God. That's why we have the problem. We don't even know where we are. We don't even know who we are. We don't even know who our children are. It's so painful. Somebody called me over yesterday from Ghana. Making some statement. And as he was talking to me. The Lord spoke to me and he said, you just let, this, let him know about this. And I'm here to know the difference between a bastard child and a legitimate child. And God is calling him into legitimacy. By first chastising him and disciplining him. Because he wants to use him to raise up another generation of people. Who can turn their heart unto the fathers. And the fathers unto the son. Let the father smile the nation. I made it to understand, I think on Wednesday. If you are a legitimate child, God disciplines you. And the, the reason for disciplining you is that you may find your purpose in God. If you are not disciplined by God, you are a bastard child. That doesn't mean you don't have a father. Father, bastard are people who are not disciplined or trained. And the extent of training is to find 
your maturity in what you are called to do. Hallelujah. For instance, you go to school, you can be trained as a medical doctor. That becomes your purpose for going to school. You can become an engineer. That becomes your purpose for going to school. So if God disciplines you, you find your purpose. So what then does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? It's to find your purpose of who you are and execute that in God's kingdom. That's what it means to seek the, the, the kingdom of God. When the Bible says, seek a for the kingdom of God and its righteousness, all other things shall be added. What does it supposed to mean? Find your place in God and everything shall be added. Is anybody get what I'm talking about? Just find your place in God. Just find your position in God. Just find your calling in God. Every other thing shall be added. That's what it simply means to seek the kingdom. You are a legitimate child. God disciplines you to give you your purpose. When you find your purpose in God, every other thing shall be added unto you. When you walk according to the will of God, all other things shall be added unto you. You don't need to seek things, seek Him. You don't need to seek things, seek who you are. The more you discover yourself as a son of God, the more you discover yourself as a new creature that God has called to bring forth good works on the earth, the more things come your way when you least expect them to come. Can I hear an amen? Praise the living God. So that's why it is critical for you to study the Word of God. To study your Bible. Pray diligently. Know what God has in mind for you. Study to know what God has determined for you to have. This is the ultimate reason why God calls us new creature. We are people who reveal His will, His will, His mind, His intent, His purposes. We are people of praise upon the face of the earth. When men look at our life, they give glory to God. When men see us, wherever we find, they have joy in their spirit man. That one, a child of God is come. Praise the living God. Is anybody following what I'm saying here? I want you to come to that place of realization, of knowing it, that God has called you from among the nations so that you can live with wisdom, live with understanding, and the wisdom is found in the scriptures. Timothy was so wise a son because he understood the scriptures. For you to become wise today, you're going to understand the scriptures. Praise the living God. I was speaking to a brother. It, it, it was kind of, none I made the statement. Listen, you said that person I've offended you. You say, yeah, but what did the Bible say? The Bible said, if you want to pray, and you bring your things to the altar, and you remember that somebody is angry with you, or have offended you, you leave your sacrifices, go and make amends with that person before you come back to offer your sacrifice. He didn't say, wait for the person to come and beg you. You who have been offended, go and make the person, go and reconcile. Why is this so? Man was an enemy of God. Man offended God. Man turned his back on God. But God decided to send Christ to come down. So it's like he came to reconcile us, even though we are the one that offended him. Is anybody getting the point? And if you are a child of God, you are going to act like God. If you are a child of God, you are going to behave like God. So if God has to be the one to come to you, you are going to be the one to go to the person that offended you. If you can do that, there will be reconciliation in the church. If you can do that, there will be peace in the church. If we are children of God, great. The Bible tells us about those who are peacemakers, for they shall be called what? The children of God. Why? Because he demonstrated that. We are enemies, or we were enemies of God, but he reconciled us by making peace with us. Great are the peace. Those who are peacemakers, they shall be called the children of God. Don't wait for people to come and beg you. Go to them and reconcile. Don't wait for people to come and say, oh, I'm sorry. Go to them and reconcile. Is anybody understanding me? That's what makes you a child of God because you are giving all the ministry of what? Reconciliation. This is the new creature. How many times have people offended you and you are waiting for them to come and beg you? You are wasting your time. You are not a child of God. That is not God how intended it to be. God wants you to be the one to go. They are the one that offended you, but He wants you to be the one to go. Why? For great are the peacemakers. They shall be called what? 
the children of God. The more we offended God, the greater He showed His love by coming down to die as a human being just to reconcile us, even though we have offended Him. Just to reconcile us, even though we are His enemies. Do you have an enemy in your life? Get reconciliation. Instead of praying to kill the enemy, go reconcile with the enemy. Because we were once enemies of God. How many of you remember that? But he came down and reconciled us. If we can leave this out as new creature, there will be peace in our lives. There will be peace in our community. There will be peace in the family. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Praise the living God. And guess what? Most times, the man that offended you could be living in peace. You who is offended, you're living in trouble. You have anger in your heart. You have everything. Nothing makes you feel happy. But the man you feel have offended you is all happy over there. Why take the problem, I mean, of somebody else upon your life? Why destroy your life? Why don't you set yourself free? And the quickest way to set yourself free is to reconcile with that person and have your freedom in your spirit. Is anybody understand what I'm saying today? This is simply what new creation is all about. We are peacemakers on the face of the earth. Why? Because we have the will of God. We are peacemakers on the face of the earth. Why? Because we have wisdom. We are peacemakers on the face of the earth. Because what? We have knowledge. And all of them is embedded in who? In Christ. And when you receive Christ, this thing begins to manifest. You know how to live with people. You know how to live with customers. Even those who seem to cheat you, you still pray for them. Not to condemn them. So that they will repent at the end of the day. Praise the living God. And begin to see that the action they've taken cheating you was not of God. That was completely man. Praise the living God. Stand up and let's pray. Just want you to talk to God in a few moments. I don't know which area the Lord has ministered to you right now. I'm talking about you being a new creature in God. I'm talking about you coming to the place of having wisdom, knowledge and understanding. It's about time you begin to see it. That you are not just a human being walking the street with natural wisdom. But you come to the place to manifest the wisdom, the knowledge, and the glory of God. Talk to the Father. Talk to the Father. How much wisdom of God are you manifesting? How much knowledge of God are you really revealing? How much of this knowledge and wisdom is in your life? This is the time. Don't forget what I've just said. If you won't remember anything, remember just this one. Has anybody offended you? Do you see anybody to be your enemy? Go and reconcile. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. How much of the will of God about your life do you know? How much time do you spend to study the word of God so that you can find His will in your life? Think about it. Jesus said, I've come to do thy will, O Lord. John said, I'm here as the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What have you found about your life? What have you seen that God has called you for? How are you living your life? Is it just to live and die and go to heaven? Or you are here to make this life better than the way you made it? Why not to make that to one of your maxims? That you make life better than the way you made it. That a life cannot continue like this for other people just because of your presence. It's about time you realize the fact that God has graced you with wisdom, with knowledge, with revelation. It's about time you know that you are a holy nation. You are peculiar to God. And so at this moment, all of the benefits that are supposed to accrue to the sons of Abraham, you are qualified to receive them by faith. 
Talk to the Father. Bless you, God. I exalt your name. I glorify your name. In the name of Jesus. Precious Lord, we thank you for your word, which is life and spirit. And I believe, my and everlasting Father, everyone here present, you're doing a work in their life that's going to be amazing. You're bringing a transformation to them that men will truly know that of the truth. These are the children of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that your peace will come to reign in their lives. That wherever they have an issue, Father, I'm demanding, go and resolve it by your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Those who were never having dreams before, I pray from this hour that they begin to have reasonable dreams that will begin to lead them to fulfill their will and the purposes on the face of the earth. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. May God be glorious to you. May God be merciful to you. May God be glorious and gracious to you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email at admin at gkai.net. God bless you.